Welcome to the Open Door Podcast. Today we're getting into the practice, the communal, spiritual, and missional practice of eating, which is the third of five practices that we are um, getting into during Lent. These are practices of our church, the Open Door Church. They're ways that that kind of bind us together, that give us uh, life together, listening together, learning, eating, encouraging, and giving. And this conversation is with uh, Stephanie Bell, who is a spiritual director, and Kevin Bell, her husband, who is an engineer, a bioengineer at uh, the University of Pittsburgh. They have used uh, their home and their lives um, for hospitality, for for creating space uh, for people to eat together and be together. Um, to, to know one another and to oftentimes come to know the divine more clearly through the, through the hospitality and the spaces that Kevin and Stephanie create. Um, enjoy this conversation. It's coming up in just a moment. Today we have Kevin Bell and Stephanie Bell, two uh, close friends of our family and um, longtime Open Door um, Covenant Partners, which is what we the, the word we use for members. And Kevin and Stephanie live in the neighborhood, and I don't know, maybe that's a good place to start our conversation. Which we're we're in this um, this series during Lent on the five practices of the open door. And so far we've talked about the practice of listening, the practice of learning. And our third practice is really interesting because it's simply eating, which we all do. We all have to do, but how can eating be a communal, spiritual, and missional practice for our church and in our lives? And I think that you two have exemplified that over the years, um, in really amazing ways, but kind of starts with where you live and this amazing house that you all decided to buy, you know, over a decade ago. Um, can you talk about that, that decision way back when we were, it was like, we were starting the church, bunch of us were buying houses or renting places to live in a couple of neighborhoods here in Pittsburgh. Um, and you all, you all bought a house uh, in one of the neighborhoods where we were, we were planting this church. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think it actually starts a little bit before we bought that house that you know, um, Stephanie and I, right shortly after we got married, um, pastor of Belfield Presbyterian Church and his family, um, which is the church that planted the open door, um, they actually invited us to, to move in with them and live with them communally. And um I guess the rationale for that was that they really wanted to help us, um, you know, being newlyweds and wanted to help us kind of get established, get on our feet um, and basically enable us to save enough money to buy a house. And so I think that experience um, was really impactful for us um, in terms of, you know, how we ended up choosing the house that we did. And so when we, when we did purchase the house, we, um, we actually decided to purchase one, with another family from the open door, um, another couple from the open door. And so, um, as you mentioned, 
you said it's a really you know big house. I mean, it was it's bigger than we need currently. Um, and that decision was made out of a couple of reasons. One is because we were buying it with another family, um, and we needed you know the space in order to have the enough space for two families to to share it. But it was also um, you know specifically chosen for this idea of hospitality. We wanted a space that we would be able to invite other people into um, and specifically even to live with us. And we've had many, many people live with us over the years, um, either for short term or long term um, relationships. Um, but more importantly, I think it was to invite people into the space for, um, for shared meals, shared community. Um, and I think that's um, that's kind of where it started. And then I think um, it's evolved a lot <laughs> since since those days. But and it's pretty incredible to look back, you know, 10, how many years ago was that? 15 years ago? Yes, 15. 15 yeah, years our, ago. Our son is 15 and he was six months old when we bought the house. And so, yeah, right around 15 years ago. Yeah. And just how that has like shaped that house, that choice that you made 15 years ago to buy a house that you would, you had a lot of intent and the intent has changed, but your hearts haven't changed about the use of your house and the, it being a place for gathering and community and meals. I mean, it, it has shaped your lives. I think um, that decision. Yeah. I think um, as we were just thinking about this practice that we do, um, the practice of eating together um, every once in a while, Kevin and I sit with, what does that mean? us and what what has that meant for us as the open door I think when we um, see this practice we see it as a um, a response to a rule of life hmm. um, uh, a rule of life that we've made a part of our own as part of our family but part of us um, individually and then part of what it means for the open door so I think we look at we look at this practice like in three different from three different perspectives, I guess, I would say. Um, it's one of the practices um, that I feel like has the most um, details, structure to it. Mm. Um, and as Kevin and I have been sitting with the practices recently, just noticing where listening and learning Kind of feed into the practice or um a part of the practice of eating together so that has been a big part of um, our desire for this home was that we would offer space um to listen and learn about other people um people in our community open door the open door church but mm -hmm. in our neighborhood um people from um work kevin works at the university of pittsburgh and we've had people from work come over um, as a way to get to know them a different way to get to know them i guess um and we we've invited people to live with us from other countries um and so us, our home, and I would say our table are um, symbols and spaces where 
we engage the, the offering of eating together or the gift, the practice, I guess, is where we practice eating together. Yeah. I, a couple, I forget who I was talking to, or maybe it was even in a sermon. I, I, the thought that our, when, when we're really living the way of Jesus, which is what the practices are about, when we're really living the way of Jesus, we're, these practices blend all together. And sometimes we can't pick out which, you know, we're not like, it's time to go uh, practice eating with someone as my spiritual practice. It just is a way of life. Um, so it makes sense that you, that you see like listening and learning and eating together, they all blend together and we learn about others while we're, while we have a meal with them and we listen to others and we end up hearing from God and doing that. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so your house has used, used, you eat with people in your house all the time and yet we're in the middle of the pandemic right now. Um, so is this still something like, is eating still a practice eating with others or what does it look like now? It's, it must be so different. I mean, I, well, I'll, I'll even say I miss eating with you guys at your house because <laughs> for 15 years, our church has gathered in your home so many times for so many different reasons session meetings and parties and kids birthday party just so many different things and we haven't been able to do that for a year which i just i mourn and i you know i miss that i miss that and many other things <laughs> but it i miss that um so what does this practice look like what is your rule how has your rule of life changed um due to the pandemic uh, it's a it's a great question i think you know I guess I'll, I'll start by saying that our, our practice of eating has evolved and changes um, throughout many different seasons of life. So it, you know, I think what it looked like when we first bought the house versus what it looked like, you know, five years ago versus what it looks like the pandemic has mm. looked, um, has evolved. And I think that's you know relevant to, to Stephanie's comment about the role of life. I think you have to kind of go back to each of these practices. Um, and look at them and, and really assess what they look like um, for you in the moment. I think if you, you know the wording that's written on the website and the, the specific wording from eating says, you know, eat with at least two people who don't live with you. Well, that mm. like to take the role of like, take that at face value and say, um, we're going to do that is, mm. is difficult during the pandemic. So, right. um, but I think in general and always it's important to read um, and, and, make these practices living, right? Make the rule of life living, make these practices real and tangible to your current situation and where you are. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I think the, the most significant thing that we did um, is we, we were missing this piece of it significantly because it, like you said, it was a huge part of um, our, our, us individually and us as a family. Um, and so we actually ended up, um, we had just, just prior to the pandemic, we had started a conversation with another family at the open door, the, the, the Jennings, Ken and Heather, mm -hmm. um, about starting up a kind of a community dinner. And so we were going to do this. Um, it was going to be once a month. Um, we were um, actually, I think you were at maybe the very first one of these because it was when um, Luis Hurtado, our mission partner, was, was visiting us from Mexico. Right. 
And the idea was to, you know, spend time cooking together with them, um, it was to then invite people to enjoy um, a very um, wonderful meal together and just get to know people that maybe we, you know, we walked in a little bit different spaces than the Jennings and different relationships. So trying to, you know, kind of cross those boundaries and bridge those gaps a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think we actually had maybe two of these community dinners and then all of a sudden it was like, it's the pandemic. What are we going to do? We can't keep doing what we thought we were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, it went to like almost, you know, it went to the extreme. In fact, we ended up living and moving into their house and we actually lived with them for five months. Hmm. Um, and that decision was, was a lot based on kind of looking at these practices and saying, well, in, in these separate spaces, like if we can do this safely, like where we can kind of make our, our pod or our groups small and we can keep each other safe, what would it look like to just share this time together, which is just so unique compared to any other time we'll have in life Mm -hmm. and just spend time cooking together and eating Mm -hmm. together and sharing life together. And I think, so that ended up becoming like a very extreme. We went way over, you know, <laughs> the two per, per week. We were doing it, you know, two meals a day or whatever, eating, wow. eating together with other people. Now, obviously, we couldn't invite a lot of other people into that space. Um, but that's what it looked like, I think, for us during, you know, during the pandemic. I would add um, the other thing that we did during the pandemic, because we looked at it differently during the different seasons of the pandemic, right? Um, in the summer, what was um, a gift for us was to have space up at Garfield Community Farm to connect with some friends. We checked in with um, AJ and with you, John, and made sure that there weren't a ton of other people up there or other people using that space. But um, when there were nights that were free, we would invite a family that we wanted to connect with and we would use the cup oven and enjoy a meal together. Um, they would bring maybe a drink or something and we would bring um, all the fixings for pizza. We would use the labyrinth for the herbs. Um, so that was, you know, it was still different conversation. Yeah. We haven't seen people in a while. So of course there was a sense of awkwardness when you aren't face to face with somebody in a long time or people in a long time. And, and so um, just being courageous um, and vulnerable with one another because we're all experiencing similar things. Um, but that was a gift for us to be able to find some spaces that were outdoors um, to connect with different people in our community or neighborhood. Hmm. I mean, that, that takes a lot of, int- it sounds like you put a lot of intention into this practice. I think I have been guilty of like, just thinking, well, it, it just happens. It, we don't have to be super intentional about this practice. It just kind of happens. And now with the pandemic, I realize that has, that's absolutely not true. Maybe it was never true. Um, but, but you all have put a lot of intention into that. Um, I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't really, I, I didn't realize how much even during the pandemic you were able to, to eat with others. So how has that brought, like, what has that brought to your life over the past year, especially, but I mean, you can even go back before that, but what has this practice brought? What joy or what has it brought into your life? Yeah. I just, something you said just made me think um, about something. You brought up intention. Mm. And I love, I love that 
idea of intentionality. I feel like um, in the beginning with the open door, we we were really we expressed ourselves as being a church that did things organically, and so we just kind of just went with the flow. And when it happened, it happened. Um, but there's a lot of intention in the practices that we set up as a church, and I think what happens when we are being hospitable to ourselves and there's an interior um, hospitality or there's a hospitality within a family unit. I feel like those moments offer us, I feel like the spirit gifts us with the ability and the energy to be hospitable um, to those around us. Spirit allows us to offer something that maybe we didn't think we had inside of us to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can name, we can both name times when um, we weren't in tune with the spirit inside of us. Um, We, um, I'm a Enneagram too. And what that means is that Hospitality is part of my wiring, my giftedness. And when, but the first thing is to look out for others, mm-hmm. to offer to others. And what happens is I don't always, when I'm not in a good space, remember how to look out um, for the ways that God is trying to connect with me, trying to pursue me, um, trying to um, just offer me hospitality. Yeah. So, as a two, I, I don't receive hospitality that well. And um, I'm learning. I think that's part of this is that um, we are learning that hospitality is more than um, eating together and offering food to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that it definitely starts it starts with us um, having a hospitality of interiority um, I believe Lauren spoke about that um, in her podcast when she shared about listening. Mm-hmm. Um, as a spiritual director, I I love creating spaces for people. So it might be like a, a physical space within our home or mm-hmm. offering space um, to our neighbors at Garfield Community Farm. But as a spiritual director, I, I love offering space to just um, allow people um, space that they feel free, safe, that they know um, there's no judgment. Um, and so a lot of those parts of what I do for a living, spiritual direction, a lot of parts of the ways that I listen come out in the ways that um we engage hospitality. I would say the same for you, Kevin. Um, this idea of Kevin is a bioengineer and the way that he um, approaches design. Hmm. Um, maybe you could talk more about just the way that you approach it from an empathic, um, human des- design-centered. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, yeah, the the... I guess the technique, so the methods that we use are kind of human-centered design or user-centered design, basically saying that, you know, 
person who knows how to solve the problem the best is the person who has the problem, right? So, you know, if you go to, you know, uh, in the mission field or whatever, like you, you can go in and tell them how to fix something, but really the people that are there and experiencing are the ones that really know the answers. And it's just mm. a matter of trying to hear them and listen to them. And that, that's kind of the idea that we try to implement in kind of our, their approach to design for, for bioengineering is, is, is really like um, there's a, there's a degree of empathy in that, like trying mm. to understand um, the person enough in order to understand the problem um, and then be able to then design something that actually meets the needs of that person. Um, but it has to start with a relationship. It has to start with a knowing. Um, and so that's where um, this idea of hospitality, this idea of empathy or listening are all kind of interrelated there. Um, but I, I did want to echo the, the point that Stephanie said. Um, actually, we, we pulled out our rule of life book. We keep it all in a, a book. So every year we can go back to different versions of our rule of life. And hmm. on the very first page, we have a quote that says, um, you can't have others if you can't help yourself. And I think we actually, you know, when we look at our rule of life, we always try to kind of start from that perspective as if we're not in a good place, if we're not of the right, you know, if we're not connected to God and the spirit and we're not approaching this practice or any of the practices out of that, um, then there's no point in, in, in doing it necessarily. Like, um, so trying to kind of start with the interior. And so for us, like, um, there's many times over the last 15 years where we've really said, you know, what we need right now as a family is to practice, you know, the, the practice of eating just needs to be the four of us as a family. And we really need to work on, you know, spending time with each other. Um, and we're not in a place to invite other people into that space. Right. Um, but then, you know, I think through that comes healing comes, um, then the ability to then, um, extend that and offer that beyond, um, beyond our familial group or whatever. So, um, something that we always share with people when we, um, help facilitate the rule of life workshop is that, um, part of our rule of life, um, that when Kevin and I first started off was that we were going to, um, offer, we were going to, once a week, we were going to engage in um, different parts of the practices of the open door. So one of the things that we did was we were going to do a meal once a week. Um, And we were going to also um, serve our community. And part of that was at the time, like you said, most of us were buying homes. So part of that was going to our friends' homes and helping them to fix them up. Um, to rehab them. Um, another part of that early on was what does it look like to um, serve at Garfield Community Farm or what does it look like to help out at, with open hand ministry? Um, those, those acts of service are part of our, our way of expressing hospitality mm-hmm. um, to our neighbors. And so, but we realized um, rather quickly, as you can imagine, that we were getting burnt out, um, that it wasn't healthy for us. We weren't able to um, find time, just the two of us, to have conversations and check in. Um, Part of the way that we were expressing our faith was out of service, but we weren't taking the time to um, 
fill ourselves up to whether it was meaning like, I know that's a very Christian thing to say, um, to go on retreats or to have our own quiet time to meditate. Um, the moment we realized that we needed to cut back um, some of those things we were doing, um, re- we realized that we had a balance mm-hmm. doing with the, with the being. Mm-hmm. So I think that comes back to some of the things we've been talking about. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you were both giving so much. Um, what, what, what within you helped you to see that you needed to, to receive. I mean, I think all of these practices are, are about, I mean, the last practice is, is giving. And yet I think all of them are about giving and receiving. I don't know how that's, I mean, that's really pretty profound to be able to, to recognize that your, your heart wanted to keep giving, but you needed to, to pause and be able to receive something. Um, can you say even a little more about that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think of something like early on, but think of this time when Dan and Amy Ott, um, showed up at our front door um, with a game in their hand. <laughs> they said, we just ordered food. Um, are you guys cool um, with us just hanging out? Like, are you doing anything right now? And we were like, what? Um, and they're like, whoa, we were just, I think we were taken back because hospitality was reversed. And it was in our that was your th- that was your thing. You're the ones that give hospitality. But they um, time and time again have offered us hospitality in the mm-hmm. ways in the ways that we can receive it. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it's us coming going to their home, but sometimes it's been like, oh, we know you guys have had a maybe a rough week, or maybe we don't know that, but we're just checking in, um, and we know. I think they knew there are times when like we just didn't have energy to cook a meal or um and they or we needed space and so they would hang with the kids mm-hmm. um so that that's one way i think the way they approached it was very um gentle um and i say gentle it may be i mean that's a given right but i feel like for someone us as a couple, especially me, um, where that, like you said, is our, what we give to other people, it is extremely hard to learn to say yes to someone else to offer you something. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, it's hard to ask for that help um, or ask for somebody. So, yeah. Do you have anything? Yeah, I would just say like, um, I think early on, and it probably a, a lot of it changed, like as we went in different phases of life, especially as we started to have children and just other obligations that made it much, much more difficult to try to like, you know, on a weekday evening, have someone over for dinner, which meant you had to prepare the dinner, you had to, cook, you know, clean up after the dinner. And it, you know, when are you actually spending time with your child who needs, you know, to get their homework done and those things right. like that. So I think there was, you know, I think some of those kind of like phases of life, like opened us up to this reality that we couldn't keep doing it in the way that we were doing it in a different phase of life, that we needed to kind of look at it differently. But now that didn't mean we couldn't keep doing it. I mean, I think it, um, it just changed. Like we, um, although it was uncomfortable at first, we were, 
we started transitioning to saying, well, we're not going to provide a meal that's ready when you arrive. Like we're going to cook the meal together. Mm -hmm. Um, And we actually learned that that is actually in many ways is more, um, you know, the the act of cooking beside someone and and Mm -hmm. working alongside them and doing that together is actually um, sometimes much more um, relationship building and trust building and all these other things that we want to get out of the practice of actually eating together. And so, Mm -hmm. You know, we started, you know, inviting people into the cooking and the, the cleaning process or invi- inviting people to bring things when they come, like, which originally we weren't, we felt uncomfortable. We're like, if we're having you over, we should provide everything, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. But being okay with it, being a little bit messier and saying, we're really, what we want to do is spend time with you. We want to get to know you. We want to build these relationships. So it means that we, you know, cook together or our meal is not, you know, doesn't have five courses or whatever the case might be, then that's okay. Um, um, but really it's about just spending time together um, mm-hmm. and building that trust. And I think, um, I think that was what was kind of beautiful. Um, you know, when we lived with the Jennings for those five months is that, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like we were having big meals together at, every day. It was more about just the act of um, sharing life together. And I think, um, I think that's kind of at the core what this practice is about when we talk about eating together. Eating is such just an everyday thing. You eat three meals a day, right? And it's just saying, how can you do that in a way that is not isolating yourself from others, but it's just including others in what you're doing? Um, and it doesn't have to be pretty or dramatic or anything else. It, it can just be every day. Um, and, and just inviting people to, to join you in that. And I think, you know, the, you know, we, Stephanie brought up the aughts. And so like, um, we, you know, and I think at different points in life, we've kind of invited other people to say, you know what, we want to do this practice, but how about we just do it together? Because if we do it together, it's easier. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, we would, with the aughts, we would have people over and we would all work on making the meal together or sharing the cost of the meal or, or those types of things. Um, that kind of manifested itself into them helping us lead, um, like the rooted youth group at the open door where we, you know, cause every time rooted would come over, we were providing a meal for the kids. So we would in- include people in the preparing of the meals. And um, yeah, there were adults, the adults would prepare and fellowship and get to know each other. But then also the kids, I mean, you had many different kids in your kitchen cooking and learning how to bake. I mean, my kids have done that with you guys. Um, I, yeah. I think you're right that the, there's so much community building in, in everything from growing food, like we do at the farm, um, to, to preparing it, to cleaning up dishes together, um, all of that. Um, I was reminded, uh, Stephanie, you've talked a lot about creating space. And I think for you, uh, you can tell me if I'm right, like the, the act of creating space uh, as a spiritual director, um, you're talking about like an actual physical space, not like a space in your calendar necessarily, but like at Garfield Community Farm, you've actually helped create a physical place in the neighborhood where um, these practices can be lived out where people can listen and learn and eat 
and encourage and give. Um, and I think our church has, has created Garfield Community Farm as that place, but you've had a, a big impact on it, on, you know, the labyrinth garden and the cob oven and that whole, that whole area. Can you, I don't know, say a, a bit more about that or maybe just a, I, I just want to point out that you, you, um, you're not talking figuratively, but actual space in our lives is important. Open, like your home is another example. It, it's an actual space to encounter God and encounter others. I would agree with that. I think um, sometimes when we talk about hospitality, we say, well, we don't mean um, the physical space. When we talk about it in the, in the sense of um, Jesus, <laughs> in the sense of um, the Bible, in the, in the sense of Christian faith. But I would stretch us a little to say that God cares about space. Hmm. And I would say that um, there are places all over the world where um, people call them thin spaces, hmm. where people, there's a sense where people are connected. There's a closer connection with God, the divine, in those, um, those spaces. Um, and so creating that space, um, is like, to me, it's like setting a tone or setting, um, a mood or mm -hmm. setting, I mean, we joke around like setting my table, mm. um, to me, putting cloth napkins down on the table instead of paper is part of that intentional physical space hmm. We're creating value system mm -hmm. kind of like what um peter was talking about um when he was sharing in the podcast like our values get portrayed into these different spaces and how yeah. do we offer them to be safe spaces for people um so at garfield community farm it was where the labyrinth is located now became a safe space for me a safe space for me to really connect with God um, in a way that I hadn't outside of my home. Hmm. Um, and so I knew it was a space where other people um, connected with God and became a safe space in the neighborhood of Garfield. And so um, in creating the labyrinth, the, the hope and desire was to continue to create a space that offered welcoming um, not just to the open door church, but to the neighborhood, um, to um, local churches, to the people down that live down the street, um, to the kids. Um, and so I believe um, AJ, the Barfield Community Farm, um, excuse me, community engagement coordinator, yeah. she, um, she really has use the space as a way um, to offer hospitality, especially to the kids in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, from offering different classes in that space, um, different workshops for them, or just being present. So kids after school can come and spend time with her, engage in conversation. Um, but the best, the part, of course, I like, and that we're talking about is space to um, eat. One time Kevin and I were up at the farm and we just decided to um, make some pizzas in the cob oven. 
not knowing that we were going to meet anybody, but knew that maybe some of the kids in the neighborhood might smell it and might come up the hill. And, um, <laughs> and they did. And that was one of, I think, the most um, lovely afternoons that hmm. we had up there. Um, the kids knew us because they would come and help at the farm and work up there. <laughs> but um, just working together to make the pizzas, them showing us being creative on how they make them getting to know what they like, what they like about the farm. Um, it, was, it was a beautiful space of community, of communing together. Um, I think of, I think of when I think of eating together with other people, I think of communion and mm -hmm. this idea of breaking bread together. And I really think that's what this practice came out of. Mm -hmm. So um, I like that it goes beyond our church walls. I like that um, eating is about um, being a presence of Christ with others um, wherever we're at. And so we can, that, that act, that presence doesn't always have to be in our, even our homes. It can be at work when we sharing lunch with somebody. Um, but we've enjoyed it at the Garfield Community Farm especially as a family. That's awesome. I, it, um, you brought us right to that third way that I like to think of the practice of eating as, as being a missional practice also. So it's, it's like, it, it hits on the, the personal, the communal, you know, the spiritual, the communal and the missional and the farm is a great place for that, I think. And you, you all have used it um, really well in that way. Um, yeah. I, I, that I keep thinking back to, uh, Kevin, you were talking about, um, how your, your work is really empathetic that the, de the design of bioengineering is, is empathetic design and, um, uh, yeah, connecting that with, with the farm too, that the design of Garfield community farm, like we think, we think about probably in the beginning, we thought, how can we design the farm to grow enough food to give to, you know, to get, get food in people's hands? How can we grow more food? That was the design goal. And then maybe a little, uh, it got a little ecological, but now I think the, the, th that idea of, empathetic design is so important in how we move forward with Garfield Community Farm. And also, Stephanie, your, your thought that you can't, we can't design well, can't plan well, can't do any of that outward work well if our inward uh, spiritual health or our self-care, you know, if, if we're not healthy um, and in touch with ourselves and the Holy Spirit. I know that all of that, I'm kind of repeating <laughs> what you all have already said. I just think it's so beautiful uh, and right on. Yeah, and just, just to follow, follow yeah. up on that, I just, you know, I, I just had the story. One of, one of the early, early in the farm when before we had a labyrinth um, and when it was just a, I guess it was a peace, peace garden or an herb labyrinth or herb, you know, herb space. Yeah. Um, I remember there was a, you know, a woman from the community who was walking by and we started up a conversation. I was up in the space and she was down on the street and I was telling her a little bit. She, she was asking questions about the space and and I was telling her kind of what was there. 
And I was like, you know, this is open to everyone. You guys should, you should really just come up and check it out. And she looked at me and she's like, how am I supposed to get up there? At the time, mm. there was no stairs. Um, there was a fence that made it like, looked like you couldn't get in. Like yeah. if you were able to get in, but you had to kind of know what you were doing in order to get in. And so the message that we were giving, I think at that point in time to, to our neighbors was that they actually weren't welcome there right. because even though we we told them they were and there was you know communications that it was a, a you know community garden there was no invitation to the space and so i think like when we talk about creating space um i think that's a big piece of it of like you know making making it beautiful making it mm-hmm. so that when people come and they sit down at your table that they feel blessed and they feel encouraged and they feel like you've know um reached out to them and and know them right and Mm -hmm. same thing goes for the farm of like saying we don't you know we want to be a space where when people walk by they're proud that that's in their community because it's a beautiful space and it's Mm -hmm. a place where they know that they're welcome and invited and i think you know having accessible you know um stairs having places and, and signs that make it welcome and i think that the farm has really like poured a lot into that over the years to say we want the community to know that we um, we have designed it and we want them to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that goes into this, uh, this, this idea of eating as well of saying um, we want to approach it with, with intention. Uh, we want people when they come to feel like we're, you know, we're caring about their needs. We you know, thought through if they you know have some sort of eating, you know, restriction that we're providing food that, they can eat and enjoy and that the space is welcoming and um and relaxing for them that you know all of those things i think can go into this idea of um having true and authentic hospitality for those mm-hmm. who are mm-hmm. sharing this practice it's mm-hmm. great um last last maybe part of this conversation like i'm trying to look forward now to uh a post pandemic world. And I think, I think the best thing, the healthiest way to do that is to look forward with open hands and not be like, Oh, we have to get back to this. And, you know, I, I don't know what it's going to be like, but do you have, um, do you have any hopes? What are you most like hopeful about? What are you longing for in a world where we, can be at a table inside our homes, enjoying a meal together. I mean, that's one of my hopes, but uh, can, can you speak more into that? Maybe there are different things. Maybe there are things you don't want to go back to and new things you want to do different things. No, I mean, I, I think it's a great question. I think um, I, I, I'd start off by just echoing what you said. I don't think we want to go back and do what we were doing before the pandemic. I think that, um, we want to approach it again and in a different season with intentionality and, and go back to our role of life and say, okay, where are we at now? And what do we want this to look like? And, and really kind of being intentional about that. I think, you know, for us as a couple, um, and you know, this doesn't necessarily, um, play into what the open door, um, will do in this regard, but, like we've had a lot of space over the past year or a year and a half to, to, to think about things more because we have more time together and more space together. And, 
Um, one of those reflections is, is the hospitality that we receive when we travel abroad. Um, mm. And specifically when we go to visit Stephanie's family um, in Greece, um, you know, we, um, we started a, I guess, a website, I guess, eventually a small business sort of thing where we entitled it Philoxenia. I probably haven't even saying it right. I should probably learn how to say it if the title of my um, business. But um, the idea there is, you know, it's, a, it's an ancient Greek word that originally kind of um, meant um, like love for the, for the stranger. Um, mm. And the idea was like, if someone came to you and needed something, um, it was kind of your responsibility, like in that culture, it was your responsibility to care for their needs. And, um, and actually that is still like very much um, lived out um, when you go to Greece. Um, and we go to specifically the island that her family is from, like eating together um, is not about like sustaining yourself and getting food, right? It's, it's very communal. And when you sit down at a meal in the evening, you more than likely won't spend less than like three or four hours there. Like it's, um, it's a very slow, gradual process. That's much more about getting to know each other, um, spending time and building relationships. And so we've been able to experience that and learn that. Um, and now we're kind of at a place where we're like extending and offering that to others. Um, both by like, you know, taking people with us, which is one piece of it, but also just those things and lessons that, we've learned, um, being able to then apply those, um, to how we engage in this practice of eating, you know, here locally with the open door. Mm. I think, um, when we think about that name, Philoxenia Life, what, we're th- what comes to our mind and what inspired us besides the Greek culture and the ways that they live it out, um, they have a story, um, that they tell about, um, it's very similar I'll tell the story about from the Bible, but it's very similar to um, Abraham and Sarah Mm. and the icon that we share in church. Um, I know we call it the Trinity icon, but um, some people refer to it as um, Abraham's hospitality. Mm -hmm. And so the story about how there were three strangers who came across their path and Abraham and Sarah um, offered them hospitality, offered them food, offered them rest, a place to just be. And um, that is a, one of the things that has inspired us um, mm. in this movement towards doing a Philoxenia life in Greece with other people, is to offer a space where people can um, experience um, health, they can experience rest. They can experience um, holistic, I would say holistic health, all different aspects of hospitality. And the idea of hospitality was to give refuge mm-hmm. to people. And so um, that is our, our hope and our desire um, post-pandemic. Um, but we don't know. We will see. Um, we're open I think the other thing that both Kevin and I are very, um, and a lot of people um, that we know are very creative. And so I think what I love about this um, practice is that it um, calls us to be, live out our creativity. 
um, especially when things are different, when things are going um, not as we thought or not as we planned, or maybe our resources changed or our capacities are different, um, whether we have kids that we need to tend to or um, we just have more obligations with work. You know, what does it mean to be creative and creatively um, practice eating together with people? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What, what I, like the sense, the feeling that I have when you talk about that is that this like rare feeling that I have experienced in eating with people where like you talk about setting the table where the table has been set in a way that you can like really let your guard down and just be, and like you have a, a meal with, with people and you just don't want it to be over. You just want to, and that somehow it, it sounds like in Greece, that's like, that's very common, but in my life, I think it, it's rare that, uh, that, that we take the time to really be fully present with each other around the table um, and just let, I don't know, let go of all the anxiety and all the, all the to-do lists, all the things on our to-do list and really just experience one another around the table. Um, you all have created that table in my life in the past, and I, I believe you'll do it uh, for many others in the future. Any, anything more that you want to end with? I, I would just say too, you know, I think we, we talk about this practice um, as mostly as individuals, but I think that, you know, as an open door, you know, this is, we've talked about how it evolved and changed in different mm-hmm. seasons of our lives. Um, but that's exactly what has happened in the open doors life. I mean, there was a point early in the open door where we had kind of was it, was it weekly dinners together Mm. Um, then it turned into monthly dinners together. I remember, you know, there's certain points where like we would have these big buffets and everybody was bringing food. And then you could see that same progression. It's like, everybody was getting busier and all of a sudden you would you know, go to the buffet and have like 15 bags of tortilla chips. You're like, What are we <laughs> supposed to eat? You know? Um, and I think it's the same kind of evolution that's happened that says, you know, what, what is the appropriate way we, we all value this idea of like sharing table together, sharing the space and the time together. Mm-hmm. And I think like, especially as we kind of like you know, now trans, you know, hopefully transition into a new phase of post pandemic life that mm-hmm. we can, you know, reassess it um, for ourselves and how we live out the role of life as a family, but then also reassess it um, as a church community and say, what does it look like to, to do this differently now? Um, yeah. Whether that's at the farm or whether that's at a building or you know, whatever the case might be. Um, how do we as a community want to engage this practice um, together? So I have a question for you. Uh, I've asked a lot of questions, but here's the last one. I've, we're going to bring in new members, I think, late, like late spring. Would you help me lead a rule of life workshop for that? Yeah, we'd love to. <laughs> I mean, I think we would love to. I think not that we're on the spot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's why you're recording this. You have to exactly. I wanted you on the spot. I, mean, I think we've done it. We've helped with that over the years. I think the Burdettes have helped with that over the years. The Jennings have helped with that. Yeah. Um, we would. We'd be happy to. But I think um, our favorite spot to do it was at the farm. Mm, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, that was a really neat space. 
Great. If we can't get into each other's homes. Great. We'll talk about that. And then, um, Stephanie, as a spiritual director, how can people get in touch with you? I, I mean, I love the way that you, well, you became a permaculture designer. You use the farm and you understand ec- ecology and and what Garfield Community Farm is about and what permaculture is about. And you are able to like blend this holistically into a beautiful way of doing spiritual direction, I think. Um, how do people get in touch with you about that? Um. Well, right now I'm presently working at Pittsburgh Pastoral Institute. Okay. So they can um, get in touch um, through looking at the website, um, which will tell you, there's a phone number on there that you can reach me that way. Okay. Um, You can also just look me up online, Stephanie Bell. There's probably some information out there. Great. What's the website? What's their website? It's um. Pittsburgh Pastoral Institute. I don't know. I just put it in and it pops up. Great. Sorry. Pittsburgh Pastoral Institute. We can look that up. We have yeah. we have this thing called Google that works. <laughs> Sorry. It, it works great. Um, We're not yeah. doing a, um, a podcast on technology. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'll, I, maybe I'll Google it and I'll put it in the, the show notes too. Cause on our, on, where, where I post our feed, I can, I can put links in there. So I'll put a link. Well, yeah. Thank you guys for doing this with me and, um, great conversation. Lots uh, we, I, the tangents, the ways that we go are what brings the richness to it. So thanks for just doing the kind of an open conversation about this. It was really, really great. Really beautiful. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to another um, conversation from the open door. And I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're um, getting some new ideas about the practices that might enrich your life, connect you more closely to God, to others, and to this beautiful creation that God has given us. Um, Check out our website, pghopendoor.net. And join us for worship on Sunday mornings. And um, if you like the music that you hear, feel free to check out our band website, thissideofeve.com. Take it easy.